Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagon Begone. So it's two o'clock in the morning here in Israel and I couldn't sleep. <laughs> and I I couldn't sleep because something happened to me today and I wasn't going to record this week because I didn't think I could find the time. So I guess Hashem had some other plan for me. I wanted to sh- share a story about something that happened today when I was with a client. Um, it wasn't my first time being with her. She um, she had called me last year, and we did three out of the we did four out of the five rooms in her house, and um, we did it over like a few weeks, but we never got to do the kitchen, and. Um, then she had some health issues and she had to put off doing the kitchen and finally she called me and asked me to come and help her with her kitchen. And I was really excited because I like her a lot and I like working with her and uh, her husband's really supportive of it and down with like, you know, trying to be organized and stay organized. And when I walked into their house, I was really happy because they had done such a good job um of maintaining i mean totally wasn't perfect but whose house is perfect but um it was it was they had learned a lot of lessons and in the kitchen which was a room i hadn't really worked on with them at all um was actually in so much better condition than the last time i had been there so i was really pleased with the progress that they made and um she said to me can you help me in my closet for a few minutes? I'm ready to, to get rid of a few more things. Um, they hadn't done laundry in a few days and okay, that's fine. Not everybody does laundry every day like me. And, um, I counted there were, um, like, I think, 75 items in her closet or something like that and I had guessed 100 and I would say a good 25 to 40 of the pieces that would go back into her closet were still um, in the wash Um, and we decluttered quite a bit Um, we got it down to uh, I think 65 pieces or something like that Um, and the thing is is that I said to her, I'll call her Miriam, that's not her name, but I said, she's a nurse and she works in one specific kind of nursing here in Israel and she wants to switch to a different type of nursing. And I said to her, what are your professional types of goals? Because you don't switch your trajectory at this stage in your career unless you have some lofty goals. And she said, oh, I want to be the head of this other kind of nursing in all of Israel. I want to be the head for the kupa or whatever. And that's a big job. (laughs) That's a really big job. And I said to her something that I learned a long time ago. You have to dress for the job that you want, not for the job that you have. And she said to me, well, I have no (laughs) self-respect and I can't do that. And I was shocked because she's so like together in general like she's very advanced in her career and she's sought after and people like her and want to work with her and it made me realize something um i agree that snoot is a certain level of 
modesty, but I don't really think that that's the best English word to describe snoot. I think what we should really strive for, and stay with me here because I'm going to bring this back to organization, but I think what we really need to strive for in our clothing is dignity. Where am I going to be, feel how, what am I going to wear that will make me feel like I have self-respect and dignity, like I am proud to hold my head up. And I think a lot of what we purchased, and in this case, what this woman had purchased, wasn't clothes that made her feel dignified. Okay, they covered her elbow, they covered her collarbone, they covered her knee, but they were not great quality. Um, a lot of times the sweaters were pilling or they just looked schwach after a little while, a short time even. They weren't expensive. Now I'm not saying you need to buy necessarily expensive clothing, but good quality clothing isn't usually cheap. Um, and the thing is, is that I just, once I said that to her, it was like a light went off for both of us. She realized it's true. I need to dress for the job that I want. And I realized that, um, not that I had been going about how to get people to organize wrong, but that I could be phrasing it so much better. So a lot of ladies call me and clothing is a, a, a huge question. I have so much. And you know that, um, I think last week I said to the lady who said, should I just give up hope about clothing? No, you should never give up hope. I'll say that again. You should never give up hope that you'll get to the body that you want. But what I think that we forget is that clothing is just a tool to help us reach our, our preferred level of dignity. And because we have to make a lot of choices in our day, and choices are hard to make, and science has shown us that we only get a certain number of decisions to make in a day before our minds get worn out. Why should we choose to get dressed with dignity anyway, every day? We shouldn't have to choose. It shouldn't be a choice. It should just happen. And I think that when we're organized and we have closets that are very, um, well, I'll use the word capsule wardrobe, which is like a minimal wardrobe where everything goes together. When we have that kind of wardrobe, we are able to take certain decisions off the table every day, and it gives us more energy to um, focus on other tasks, other people, other things. I don't think that our clothing should be our hardest choice of the day, or that you should look in your closet and say, I have nothing to wear, because that's just really it's not true. You, ha you have clothes there. You have things to wear. Um, you just don't want to wear them because you didn't make good choices in the first place. So I think if we can approach what we keep in our closet, what we declutter from our closet, what we purchase in the future with a different question, not necessarily is this modest, but more does this piece of clothing give me dignity? Does it make me feel proud to be who I am? Does it show where I'm at in my professional goals? I mean, I live in Israel, as you know, and in the summertime, it is very hot here. 
And so I understand why, in general, people are more casual about what they wear, especially to work, especially if they work in a doctor's office or a regular office. But I'm really shocked at what people are actually wearing, men and women alike. It's just not dignified, the clothing. I mean, in the Kupat Cholim, in the healthcare offices, I see nurses wearing jeans with holes in them. And I know that that's the style, and I get that, but like... That says, I'm not professional, or the pants are so tight that, you know, you can see everything. And then there are ladies who dress where they're wearing pants, and they look dignified, and they look like they have respect for their body, even if it's not necessarily what I hold in the manner of what is snoot. It's not a judgment on anybody, but the point is, is that they are dignified because they took taken time to select clothing that makes them feel good about themselves and they carry themselves in a different way and they look professional and they looked neat and they they care more about themselves in that way and i think a lot of times especially when you know we've just had a baby or we um have three babies <laughs> all at once or you know, we've been sick or we've had sick kids. And for those of us who work outside of the home, you know, when the kids are sick at home and you have to take time off of work and you're like, oh, well, I'm home with the kids, so I don't have to put on anything nice. Okay, maybe you don't have to put on, you know, your fanciest Shabbos clothes, but getting dressed at that time is worthwhile because it makes you feel like a sense of purpose. Like I have, you know, cause in my day and like staying in your pajamas is not necessarily going to get us to that point where we feel dignified. And I think that this is really something that we should try to shift in our minds um, when we're selecting clothes. Does this present me in the way that I will feel good about myself? Does this really look perfect on me? Or are my friends just saying to me, yeah, it looks great. Do I really feel like this is me. And I think when we hold back on the purchase um, and say, hey, to the salesperson, you know, could you put this on hold for me till tomorrow? Give yourself a chance to think about the purchase. Don't just purchase for the sake of purchasing. Now, we can talk about returns because I know a lot of stores have great return policies where you can buy it and then just return it. But returning is a big hassle. And I, I hate when my clients do that because it's a lot of times it never gets done and they just lose out on the money and they end up with an item that they didn't really need and they didn't really want. So I'm not a big fan of purchasing and then returning, but I think holding off on the gratitude, the instant gratification of purchasing um, is a worthwhile skill to have um, and it gives us time to really reflect, where will I put this in my wardrobe? How will it fit in? What will, you know, I look like wearing it? What will I wear it with? Does it match with anything I have? And if when we have time to think about all those questions, um, we make better choices. And so, I mean, when we think of things in, in respect to the word dignity, I think that it gives us a whole new set of questions to think about when we're purchasing. Um, is this going to wear out? In, you know five washings 
Will it be pilly? Will it look bad? Sure, it might be sneered. It might be modest if we're using that definition of the word modest, but it doesn't mean it will look nice on me after five washings because, you know, maybe the fabric will start to um, pill or it will rip or the seams will loosen or um, the color will fade and it won't look so nice anymore. And that's like, that's a totally different mindset, a way to think about um, not only what we actually have right now in our closet, but what we purchase in the future. So what I suggested to this client today was that we, I said to her, um, you know, she's trying to lose a little bit of weight. And so there were a few things that she didn't really want to get rid of. And I, I respect that. I gave her a deadline. I said to her, let's talk about what's in your closet in December after Hanukkah and or January and let's see where you're at in your weight loss goals and then we can make some better choices and I said but by then even if you haven't reached your full weight loss goal you'll have lost some more weight in addition to the one kilo that you've already lost you'll lose more and even if it's not at your goal we'll still be able to have a more honest discussion because like I said last time even when you lose weight, everything is not necessarily all in the same place. She's doing it really, really healthily. She got a nutritionist, she has a trainer, and she she's really taking care to go slow and do it right. And that's great, and I applaud her for that. But like I'm saying, when you're working with a trainer, you know, you build muscle. And so, you know, everything's not gonna be in the same place, and maybe some of the clothes really won't fit her, even if they're the right size and hopefully they'll be too big on her. But the point is really, I said to her, let's reconsider what you have, why you're keeping something because it fits right now or because you want it to fit in you know, three months. And then after that, let's go through your closet and let's treat it as like I'm a stylist where we're matching everything. We're gonna make like a few rules and everything's gonna match, everything's gonna go together. We'll make it almost as if it's a uniform. Um, and it'll be easier for you. And she was really on board with it. Now, I didn't have to wear a uniform to my high school. Actually, the principal of our school, she didn't um, believe in them. She felt it was more important for girls to learn how to dress knees outside of, you know, a uniform because you know you put the uniform on and you put the uniform on but you don't really have like a good set of skills to grasp how to actually dress sneeze when you're not wearing your uniform and when I learned after I graduated that my school had gone to uniforms I was a little bit shocked because I had always wanted to wear a uniform <laughs> because it it levels the playing field Uniforms level the playing field. Everybody's wearing the same thing. It's all the same quality. It, everybody looks the same. There's more equality amongst people when there's a uniform. Now, uniforms can be super boring, but when you're a grown up and you're not wearing a school uniform and you're wearing your own uniform for your own personal dignified way, it's not boring. It's exciting. Like, um, you could wear a white blouse and a black skirt every single day and have five different necklaces and, you know, or, you know, 
five, five or 10 scarves that you rotate with those things. No one will even really notice that you're wearing a white blouse and a black skirt every single day. It won't matter because you're putting your own spin on it and you're taking all the guesswork out of getting dressed every morning out because you're making much more simple choices because the work is already done. You've already curated the wardrobe for yourself. And so when you do that, you're able to, first of all, have less, which is great. You're able to stay organized more. You're able to look dignified all the time and you're making less decisions, which gives you more energy and more decision-making capacity for later on in the day. So I hope that this client who I know is not listening to this, but, um, I really hope for her that she'll be able to get to her weight loss goals so that we can purge her more, but also that she'll internalize the need to have dignity and self-respect in the way that we dress. Now, I'm not suggesting that anybody here has that problem per se, but I think that there is sometimes a self-confidence issue that goes around with why we don't dress nicely. and. Um, listen, I have a really messy job. So do I wear like my nicest clothes when I'm going to work? No, I don't. I get dirty. I get filthy, but I feel like I looked, I look in general. Okay. When I'm working, I don't feel embarrassed or ashamed if I would run into somebody who, you know, I hadn't seen in a long time. I feel dignified in what I wear, even when I'm working. Now, if you would catch me at the end of the day when I'm really dirty and messy, maybe I wouldn't feel that way. But when I start my day, I definitely feel that way. And it's important to remember that we really, really need that feeling of dignity, um, regardless of, you know, where the neckline falls or if you wear a shirt down to your uh, wrists, or if you just cover your elbows or whatever it is, dignity is really, really, really important feeling to feel. You have to feel that feeling. And when I heard Snoot translated as dignity for the first time, it felt very eye-opening for me because modesty is not really so much a definable trait. Okay. We have guidelines, you know, it's a elbow that needs to be covered or a knee that needs to be covered. But some people think it's the length of a shaitel or that you don't wear nail polish or, and, and I think that modesty has sort of like in that word of itself has become sort of a definition followed by other people. But dignity is a feeling that you feel and no one can take that away from you. And I'm not in any way saying that we um, should not follow guidelines of our community. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, is in addition to being modest, we need to feel dignity and respect for ourselves. And we have to feel good about ourselves and our clothes. And I think part of what we threw away today or recycled today was clothing that was very, very cheap and poorly made. And it was coming apart, literally coming apart at the seams. The fabric was fraying. There wasn't even any way you could repair it. The fabric was so cheap. 
And that to me is a huge waste of resources. It's baltashless because, you know, you have to throw this thing away. Even if you're recycling it, it's still a waste of resources. Somebody made it and it was cheap labor and we we're profiting off somebody else's, um, you know, hard work. And it doesn't even look nice on you anymore because it's all frayed. And I said to her, would you wear this? And she said, yeah, probably. And I'm like, well, that's the dignity right there. Because sure, the dress was actually very serious. It covered her collarbone. It went to her wrist. It was past her knees. It wasn't too tight. And it was a really nice style dress. But because the fabric was so cheap, sure, she looked sneeze. She looked modest, but she didn't look dignified. And I think that that's a really, really important distinction. And I hope that this year, in this new year, we'll take the word dignity, even if you don't want to translate it for the word snoot, take the word dignity with you when you're shopping or when you're planning your wardrobe or when you're decluttering. Think to yourself, does this item give me dignity? this clothing item. Now, the thing is, is that there is a, a method called KonMari. Um, a lady named Marie Kondo wrote a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And I am not one of her groupies. I don't really aspire to be her. I don't like her method that much. Um, and we can talk about that in another episode if anybody's interested in it. But um, she says that Items need to spark joy. You need to feel joy when you see it, look at it, touch it, whatever, um, in order for you to be able to keep it. And um, I don't think that's true because, like, my mortgage papers or the documents for my car aren't, aren't don't give me joy, but I can't throw them away. Um, but when it comes to clothing, I think... Can, we can say to ourselves, we can borrow from that method instead of asking, does this piece of clothing bring me joy? You can say, does this piece of clothing bring me dignity? Does it help me achieve my goal of my professional goal? Does it help me achieve my goal? And it doesn't matter if your professional goal is to be the head nurse of a kupatrolim or if your, your goal is to be the head nurse of your six children. That doesn't matter. The important thing is, no matter what your goal is, we're always teaching our children to have respect for ourselves, but we need to exemplify that. And so I think that when we can say to ourselves, this piece of clothing brings me dignity, we walk taller, we show ourselves more respect, and our children have more respect for us because they see that we respect ourselves. So I thought that this talk was going to be 10 minutes. It's 23 minutes. And so um, I hope that what I said makes sense. If someone has a question, please send me a voicemail and I'll clear it up. I got some really, really nice voicemails. Um, I will address them, Bezrat Hashem, after the Chagim. I'll try to do an update before Yom Kippur. Um, I love hearing all your voicemails. Please remember that sometimes I can't always hear them. There were a few this week that I couldn't understand. The messages were not clear. Please make sure to speak a little bit um, 
slowly make sure you're in like a quiet place because sometimes the background noise is just too much and I can't I can't hear and so if I didn't answer your question that's probably why because I mean not today I didn't answer anybody's question but in general if I don't answer your question in like a moderately timely fashion it's because I couldn't understand it so please um leave it again um I hope that everybody has a fabulous Yom Tov it's a hard one this this time. It's hard to have dignity after three days of Yom Tov, well, Yom Tov and Shabbos because, you know, your house is a mess and uh, you've been cooking a lot and there's company and, you know, you're in the house for a lot of times and you're together and it's family. It is hard to have dignity. I get that. But now I think, I hope that you have a new sort of definition about dignity and that this chag will be easier to get through and you'll feel good about it. And um, I wish you Hatzlacha. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, I wish you all Hatzlacha. And um, I wish you a year of less. I know that sound doesn't sound like a bracha, but in my mind, um, having less is a bracha. The sense of relief that I have from from having less is, I mean, palpable. You could touch it in my house that I'm not screaming at my kids to please clean up all the time. I'm not saying I never have to tell my kids to clean up. If you come to my house at around six o'clock on any day of the week, um, and like two o'clock on Fridays, <laughs> Um, you will see backpacks on the floor. Excuse me. It's 2.30 in the morning. Um, you'll see backpacks on the floor. You will see shoes in the middle of the floor. You'll probably see some school books, a notebook, a pillow on the floor. Maybe you'll see some lunch boxes. Whatever it is, there will be stuff on my floor if you come at six o'clock. But you want to know something? I'm not ashamed because those things are transient items and I feel the rest of my house is tidy enough the rest of the time that I can feel dignified when somebody comes into my house no matter what time of day it is. And even if I have food on my counter or someone comes to, uh, a few days ago, a technician came to my house to fix my uh, Tammy Arba, my water machine. And okay. My blender was out, I, I had made a smoothie, but all the dishes were washed, the sink was clean. Like, I, I didn't care. My house was clean. It wasn't spick and span, you could eat off the floor, uh, but it was tidy and I didn't feel bad. I felt like I treated my house with dignity. And so I think that sometimes what people um, hear when I talk to them is like, and maybe I'm totally off base, but I feel like people say, oh, I'm not so into the zero waste. I really like when you talk about organizing more. What I want to make clear to you is the reason why I talk about zero waste is because in my opinion, in my philosophy about organizing, the way to be the most organized is to have less. Zero waste is a natural um, companion to decluttering because the thing is is you can declutter you can declutter and declutter and declutter and declutter but if you don't fix the problem which is shopping and consuming 
you're just going to be back at the same place every six months and you're just throwing money away. So I want to just draw that conclusion um, or that connection. Uh, it, the reason why I'm so such a big advocate of reducing what you have is because I believe that's the path to organization. Um, and by learning this skill of having less, you can get to your goal of being organized. Now, um, I, I hope that everybody will understand that and embrace that, that the less is more. And when you have less stuff, you can be more free to do the other things that you need. And I hope that everybody will actually have less. I hope that everybody will be able to clear their clutter this year. I want to hear really positive reports about your journey, but I also want to hear where you're struggling because I can help you. Um, and I, I hope that you'll ask this year um, for Hashem to write you, sign you in the book to be organized. <laughs> Um, and to have less and to be satisfied with with the less I mean we and I don't mean less in the sense of you know that you'll be poor or that you won't have what you need but ask him to have what you need and to be able to cope with that and to ask him to not have too much because I don't necessarily think that having too much is a bracha um, or having a lot is necessarily a bracha. After all, we know you can't take it with you. So I'm wishing you all a gamar chatimatova, a shanatova, a sweet and happy, healthy, productive, organized new year. And I hope that as we go into the chagim, which can be challenging and stressful, everyone will remember that Hashem always keeps you organized. See you on the next line.